you think the easiest thing to mess up and the hardest thing to perfect is? So, I think that they're basically the same thing. Um, for me, at least. Because I think that the most difficult thing to get right and the easiest thing to fuck up is just knowing when to stop. Knowing mm -hmm. when to stop working on the piece that you're working on. Whether it's an illustration, a song, a garment, you know, a, a purse, any kind of artwork, you know, painting, sculpture, learning when to stop is a really, um, it's a really good thing to know how to do. And it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot more difficult than I think it sounds because I feel like it's something that can typically only be learned with time. Um, I think that it's only something that you can kind of, you kind of develop a sense for it. Um, and of course, you know, receiving feedback while your work's in progress is a huge part of that. Um, you know, anybody who is scared to have people look at their incomplete work, I encourage you to try to work past that fear because having people's eyes on your work before it's finished does two really good things. The first is that you get feedback on your work while you still have time to change it, mm. right? And the second thing is that it begins to begin. It begins to start the process of kind of separating your ego from your work. And I think that's incredibly important. It's something that I have certainly not been able to do yet. <laughs> um, I'm I'm working on it, but. I think that it's really important to not place so much of your, I guess, like personal value and identity into the things that you create, because you're going to, you're going to think that you really went off with something. You're going to put a lot of time into it. And sometimes it's just not going to hit like that. You know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's not everything that you thought it was, or at least maybe it's not everything to other people, you know? And I think that if you have your piece built up in your head as being this revelation of your own creation and it's, it's groundbreaking and it's incredible, the moment that you receive like a harsh critique or somebody, or even worse, somebody saying that they think it's boring, you know, it will crush you and, and it'll, it'll discourage you from making. And this is what we want to avoid the most, right? We want to avoid things that make you not want to try, you know? Because um, if you're if you're scared if you're scared to make something bad, that just means that you're scared to make something, right? Mm. And if you're scared to make something, it means that you're not making anything, and you can't make anything good or bad if you're too worried about something being good. <laughs> um, of course, you know, try to make good shit, put yourself into your work. You know, it's it's still good to invest in the things that you make, but at the same time, there needs to be a level of like kind of separation where you understand that, you know, this is this is not everything that I am. You know, this is not what dictates my self-worth. Um and sometimes, you know, other people's input is going to be really really valuable and just like I get, I don't know. Just learning to kind of divorce your ego from, from, uh, from the work, I think, can be something that can be really important. Um, this is really, really circular and really roundabout. Um, <laughs> but, 
but yeah, I think the I think the, the the most difficult things the most difficult thing to learn to do is learning to stop, and the or rather the easiest thing to fuck up I'd say is knowing when to stop, and the most difficult thing is knowing when to actually start making something that you're thinking about. Okay. Um, I have so many projects that mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so cool. I'm gonna do a lot of research. I'm gonna think about it for a really long time, and. Then I'm gonna build up the idea of what this is in my head until I am too scared to actually make it. <laughs> to actually take action doing it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's bad too, you know. So I, I guess for me, for me, it's it's stopping and starting, you know. Because mm. um, once you've once you've started the process, right? There's that kind of natural inertia that takes you through wanting to finish up a project, but. You also need to know whether or not you started to overwork something, you know. Um, I've I've had sketches that I completely ruined by trying to you know put ink or color or anything like that to them when they were perfectly beautiful as just sketches. Yeah. So, um, I guess just like knowing when to stop and knowing when to actually start. Would be the two. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to ask you. Have you? How do you manage kind of your your ego when you're making design sketches? Um, from like either getting too much, you go too much into it, or you know you're not putting enough effort into it, or you know you're kind of just in a weird kind of limbo. What do you do, kind of, to put your ego into it, but not like fully to the point where you're scared to show people, you're scared to present it to other people that might judge you i think so i feel like as as a designer and as somebody who makes things um like somebody who actually makes like three-dimensional objects mm -hmm. um i feel like i'm in kind of a unique position because my sketches are typically just that right they're just sketches um so I'm I'm really easily able to divorce my ego from a lot of my sketches, um, just because I'm like, okay, well these are just these are just ideas, you know. The only time that these are going to start taking shape is when I actually begin the process of making this. Um, so I feel like it's a little bit easier to kind of mitigate my ego whenever I'm sketching, but at the same time, that's when the most doubt begins to creep in. That's when I'm like, well, am I making an original idea? Am I creating something that's interesting? Is this method of closure going to be unique? You know, am I am I being derivative? All of those different things. Um, but once I once I kind of pick an idea and start actually making it, it feels like I'm able to kind of enter that flow state and stop caring about whether or not my idea is original or whether or not my my idea is even good, you know? Because after a certain point, you got to see it through, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, so I, I think that what helps me is just understanding that it's not my final product. You know, for for the for the sketches at least, it's not it's not my final product. And whenever I do draw, because I still do sometimes draw, um, I take a very different approach. I I I find joy in the actual act of 
of drawing and in the act of mm. like making things like finding joy in the process i think is really important because what what started my um what started me beginning to kind of hate drawing and move away from it initially was i was really focused on um on representational art right so like drawing figures drawing objects drawing you know, I wanted to be like a video game concept artist, you know, I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to be in that very like sort of illustrative space. And I realized that I was getting so lost in the weeds of making sure that it looked right, that I lost all joy in the process. So I took a really long time um, where I just didn't draw. And I focused completely on other aspects, you know, on shoemaking, doing some writing, some photography. Um, and that kind of specifically shoemaking was a really big thing for me because it really allowed me to kind of get a new perspective on creativity in general. It allowed me to let go of the image that I had in my head of what my piece was supposed to be and just trust the process. Um, and when, whenever I came back to drawing, my approach was really, really different. I stopped trying to force certain kinds of media to obey me. And I instead began to kind of give way and let certain media and let, let, let certain mediums speak on their own. So I, I moved away from like, you know, the fine tip liner pens where every single stroke is controlled and it is dictated by what you want it to be and where you want to place it. Mm -hmm. um, and I moved more towards things like ink wash and watercolor mediums where it was much more about the motion of making marks than it was about actually, you know, perfectly depicting some kind of, you know, some, Idea. I don't know, exactly some idea um or like a location or a character or whatever so and it became much more about the joy of just creating an image than about trying to get a vision on paper okay That's, so and uh, yeah you know you um, i find like a lot of people just don't <sighs> sorry like you talking about how you've went like through different mediums is huge because I feel like a lot of people don't, I guess, explore different mediums. They kind of keep themselves in this. So, for example, let's say like photographer, videographer, whatever. They keep themselves in their one niche and then just ride with that. And when they get stuck in like a rut, they'll be like, I don't know what to do because like I don't want, I don't feel like taking photos. And I don't feel like doing this, and they don't try and see like maybe maybe videography could be thing. Maybe drawing, maybe graphic design. Yeah, I think it's really valuable to just like jump ship to something else. Because oftentimes when people are in a rut, what do they usually say? I don't feel inspired, mm -hmm. right? Um, well, inspiration, I feel like a lot of times is just new ideas being unconsciously combined with things that we already know. Yeah. and just sort of mashing together and creating something where it's like, oh, well, here's how I'll use this in order to accomplish this other thing, you know? Um, and whenever you're, whenever you're like in a single medium for so long, you're, everything that you're pulling from begins to be the same, you know? 
I, you're, 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 you're working with all the same tools, you have all of these different techniques, and you feel like you kind of hit this plateau. Mm-hmm. And I think that what really helps with that is just completely moving to something else entirely. Because what that'll do is that it'll help you gain a completely new perspective on what you were originally doing. You know, like let's let's say that you're a photographer and you're like like you're primarily a digital photographer, and you are really into you know tweaking all of the little settings that you can and you know digitally altering pictures to create you know really interesting images, and you feel that you're kind of at the end of the rope there, and you're like fuck, what do I do, <laughs> right? Um, start painting. You'll learn things in painting that you would never think to use in photography. You know, there are certain there are certain aspects of composition and depth and the way that you play with a medium on the, on the surface of something that will actually force you, even just unconsciously, to consider photography in a different way. And once you bring in those new ideas from a new medium, you will your perspective will. You, you can't even, you can't, it's not even up to you, it will be altered. And that alteration of your perspective will be so helpful for your original medium. It'll help you come back to it and see things in it that you've never seen before. And I, I, I find that really, really valuable. And I think that it, for a lot of people, it can really help them rekindle that joy of discovery that they feel whenever they, you know, first fell in love with a particular medium. That's really a good way to put it because I find it's it's you're basically starting fresh and you're just getting your brain full of so much information from another medium that you transfer to a the current medium or the next medium or whatever. You could just constantly keep learning things. And what I wanted to add to that as a question would be um, with designing and just kind of being creative in general. What are your thoughts on being unique or staying unique with your work? Um, Overrated. Yeah. Um, Severely overrated. Um, I think that the pressure to be unique and the pressure to be original um, absolutely destroys people's creativity. Um, you take a look at a lot of the stuff that's going on in the current musical scene, right? We have a lot mm-hmm. of really interesting abrasive production and really technically complex stuff being recombined with like trashy 2010s pop music in order to create this whole new genre, you know, uh, this 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 concept of hyper pop where, where you have like acts like 100 Gex, Food House, you know, Rest in Peace, Sophie, all of these mm-hmm. people who are taking previously already made ideas, right? 2010s pop structures you know, um, you know, acid synths, all of these different ideas, and they're just smashing them together. And from that process, new things are being made. And it's, it's, it's like, it's like the process of creating new chemical elements in like particle accelerators, right? Mm. Because, because we can't create new elements from nothing. 
not even like not even in the physical world we can't create any you can't create anything from nothing right the the law of conservation of matter and energy you can't you can't make something from nothing something has to come from somewhere else um you you trace anything's lineage back far enough and it's going to have a common ancestor with something so in the same way that we create new new kinds of elements by just like accelerating uranium particles into hydrogen particles and you know watching shit explode basically <laughs> um, do the exact same thing with your creative process just yeah. because you are pulling from ideas that aren't yours and smashing them into other ideas that aren't yours doesn't mean that the resulting explosion isn't the product of your mind you know not everybody is going to have the same sets of influences that they're pulling from. Not everybody has the same hand with which they're going to be making the things that they have in their brain. Um, I, I think that this idea of needing to be unique and needing to be original is is what prevents people from making work in the first place. If you're so if you're sitting there obsessing over how you're going to make the you know the next new sneaker trend, but it has to be completely original, never before seen. Um, you're gonna be in your room forever, never making anything. Mm -hmm. The only way to progress forward as a creative is to just make shit. And letting go of this idea that you need to be original or that you need to be unique, because if you trust yourself and if you trust the process that you're working with, your work will become distinct. There's no other way for it to go. If you make work for long enough, your hand is going to make its way into the work. So I'd say worry less about trying to be unique and worry more about just things that interest you, things that attract you towards them. Um, and don't don't be afraid to combine other ideas. My biggest thing is that if if you have like you know a really large homage to somebody else's work in yours cite your sources you know because I, I think that the biggest issue with with uniqueness or originality is is this idea of oh you're stealing right mm -hmm. you're not giving any credit to the original source but if you if you take somebody's idea and you and you recombine it and you recontextualize it and you give them credit that's a remix that's not that's that's not you that's not you stealing that's it is a recontextualization it's re it's repurposing creative ideas and sort of organically in the same way that all in the same way that we make different kinds of elements in the same way that life is made you know you're you're combining things together to create something new so just you know try not to try not to you know copy things whole cloth you know just yeah. try if you're if you're aiming to create the same sensation that somebody else's work does, don't. You know, yeah, don't stop there. Yeah, you can you can definitely feel free to use people's you know visual um, use some of people's like visual elements or you know some of some aspects of their process and of course give them credit, but be willing to engage in other people's creativity you know the sharing of creativity and the collaborative process of creativity is part of what makes doing this stuff fun because otherwise it's it, it's kind of miserable like <laughs> um just like sitting in your room trying to figure out how to make the next big thing by yourself it, it sounds miserable i don't want to do that shit, you know yeah um 
So, yeah, and of course, just again, don't steal from people, cite your sources. Um, but I, I think that, especially in the age of the internet, the age of the remix, the age of, you know... Too many ideas. Exactly. Just be willing to just make something that's true to you. And if something that's true to you involves the ideas, like ideas that you love that came from somewhere else, use them and make something. As long as you're always making something instead of just sitting there contemplating. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you know, if, if you're in that, if you're in that space, you know, of course, give yourself breaks. You know, give yourself time to not make things and also not think about making things. But if I, I'd prioritize the process of doing something over thinking about it. Okay. I want to. I think the final question would be. What is something that you found is extremely underrated in either design, uh, or just creative like thinking and process, or either or, either design or you know just the creative process? What do you think is something that you do that is severely underrated for other people? You know what? I, uh, speaking primarily as a fashion designer, mm -hmm. um, buy good materials. Mm. I, I I feel like I feel like, especially amongst young creatives who are strapped for cash, a lot of times they'll prioritize buying a lot of things over getting like high quality things. And I understand that everybody's financial situation is unique and you know, I'm I'm not trying to say that if you can't, you know, buy top of the line materials, your work is shit, you know. Yeah. I I think that you should work with what you have, but I also think that you need to give thought to the raw materials that you're making things out of. Whenever I first started um making shoes, a lot of my classmates um ended up getting you know a bunch of really cheap um a bunch of really cheap you know chrome tanned super thin you know upholstery upholstery tier skins for a lot of their for a lot of their work and while while i still respect and really enjoy the work that they made and there was a lot of creativity on display there is there's whenever you begin to kind of invest in some of your materials options begin to open up to you um there are certain things that let's say a good quality watercolor set there are certain things that 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 those things that those paints can do that cheap like a like a cheaper kind of pan set just can't you know, and regardless of whether or not this is, you know, whether, regardless of whether or not we're talking about how expensive something is, because there are there are good quality, you know, materials that can be found for relatively cheaply if you do your research. Um, and, you know, that would that would be something that I would say, make sure that you research your materials and research what you're working with, because the materials that you use are going to dictate the limits of your creativity. And if you make sure that you get something that basically lets your ceiling be super high um then you'll be able to express yourself far more 
than you would with materials that would kind of restrict your capacities. Um, so for me, that was that was you know saving like pr producing less work, but saving for higher quality uh, leather than um, than some of my than some of my classmates because it allowed me to experiment with different dye processes. It allowed me to experiment with different kinds of manipulation techniques that um, other kinds of leather just wouldn't let you do. You know, it, it it allowed me to explore the natural beauty of leather in a way that a you know like air force one leather just doesn't um so i think that regardless of price being considerate towards the materials that you make things with is really is is really underrated um especially amongst a lot of younger artists um, i'm sure that the work that you'll make from whatever material. whatever you know like yeah whatever material you make is as long as you put your heart into it is and like you you care about it will be compelling but you give yourself so many more options if you really, if you're willing to kind of research and invest in the materials that you work with. Okay. And I know I think we're going to wrap things up on the podcast. Um, let the people know where they can find you. Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is friendly underscore obelisk. Um, spelled exactly how it is in the dictionary. Um, <laughs> And yeah, thank you for having me on. I really appreciated the opportunity. Um, and I uh, just, if, if, you, if you take anything from this, um, just start making things. That idea that you mm -hmm. have, just get started on it, you know? All right, and thank you anybody who's listening right now. You're also available on YouTube, and anybody who's on YouTube, we're also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And for all those links and more info, go to talkingpodcast.com. If you want more info on Todd, uh, the app will be in the title and in the show description. Thank you everybody for listening. We shall see you guys next week.